You're listening to the Northfield Radio Program, where faith, family, and culture all collide with the biblical worldview. There is a war that's raging for the hearts and the minds and the spirits of men and women. And you and I, as Christians, are on the forefront of that battle. The question is, what will you do? To find out more about the Northfield Radio Program and Caleb Gordon, go to www.calebgordon.com. What's going on, my friends? Excited that you're here with me today. As always, want to say thank you to our friends at Outpost Coffee for providing incredible caffeinated beverages. Check these guys out at outpostcoffeeco.com. Man, <laughs> the world in which we live is out of control. It's nuts. It's just, it, it, there's no other way to really just classify this, but it's, it's just crazy. Um, I want to talk about something that I think needs to be addressed, needs to be talked about, because this is what Christians are called to do. We are to stand up to the culture and say, okay, does this align with the scriptures? Does this mesh well with what the Bible says is right and what the Bible says is wrong? And so I want to talk about um, this whole, the transgender thing. I want to address it because it is a huge thing that is in even infiltrating inside of the church. Um, people are saying, listen, I, I know I was physically born a man, but I I am a woman trapped inside of a man's body. I'm a man trapped inside of a woman's body. I know I was born physiologically as a woman, but I actually am a man. And guys, Psalms, Psalms 139 tells us that God made us in our mother's womb and that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Jesus did not make a mistake when he made me the way he made me. He did not make a mistake when he made you the way he made you. And we've got so much confusion, I believe, in the world in which we live because we've got men and women who are fathers who are not instilling this in their children. It is a rampant thing that is happening in young people. I have two 15-year-olds and a 17-year-old, and my youngest is nine. And my teenagers deal with this stuff on a regular basis. They have, or they know people that are their age that are struggling with this whole gender um, identity crisis that's taking place. And this, you didn't hear about this kind of stuff very, at least in the world in which I ran in when I was in high school, you didn't hear about this stuff. Nobody talked about this stuff. Nobody, nobody... Uh, said these things, and if you did hear these things, it was just, it was the fringe. It was the, some people called it the lunatic fringe. And I heard this lady this week, her name is Dr. Michelle Critella, and she just unpacks in less than two minutes, or right at two minutes, what the transgender issue is. And and so I want you guys to hear this, this, uh, this little audio clip that I found, and I just think it's incredibly, incredibly telling. Essentially, transgender ideology holds that people can be born into the wrong body. It's simply not true. Human sexuality is binary. Okay, we know this because in nature, reproduction is the rule. And human beings, uh, we engage in sexual reproduction. You need a man and a woman to do that. Women are XX. Those are the sex chromosomes. Women have two XXs men have an X and a Y. Those are genetic markers. They're genetic markers 
for female and male, respectively. Okay, binary, that's the rule, and it's self-evident. Transgender, someone who identifies as transgender, however, that's not a problem in their body. Gender identity, all identities, they're in our thoughts. Thoughts and feelings, those are not hardwired, they develop, and they may be factually wrong or factually correct. Uh, the definition of a delusion is a fixed false belief. So if I persistently, consistently insist that I am Margaret Thatcher, or persistently, consistently insist that I am a cat, or uh, I'm an amputee trapped in a normal body, I am delusional. And in fact, there are people who believe they are amputees trapped in a normal body. They are appropriately diagnosed as having body identity integrity disorder. If you want to cut off an arm or a leg, you're mentally ill. But if, but if you want to cut off healthy, healthy breasts and genitals, oh, then you're transgender and you don't have a mental illness. Individuals with disorders of sex development are being used as pawns in the fight for um, basically a civil right to a mental illness. There's no such thing as a civil right to a mental illness. But that is, in fact, what we are dealing with, with the transgender rights movement. Okay, so did you catch that? Literally, she just said, this is a, a PhD doctor, MD, PhD doctor, who said, here's the thing. If people who think they're a man, but they're actually a woman, they're delusional. Like, here's the thing. I want, I want to break this down. When I was younger, when I was a kid, I used to wear a cape. And with that cape, I thought I was Superman. I thought I was Batman. I had a phase of where I liked Batman and I liked Superman. And I loved... The idea of wanting to be a superhero. I wanted to be those things. I had a phase, even when I was younger, I used to have, I was fascinated with rabbits. I loved rabbits. And so I would tape rabbit ears on my ears and I would run around the house like a rabbit thinking I was a rabbit. But I was like three. So I had an imagination. There's nothing wrong with having a fun imagination and wanting to be a superhero, wanting to be Batman. I mean, think about Halloween. We dress up like the things we love. My kids dress up like Captain America, um, Indiana Jones, uh, Iron Man, all these things. Black Panther. We, we've done all of these things. There's nothing inherently wrong with wanting to be something like that. But the moment that you begin to, as an adult, say things like, okay, I, I know I was born a man. I know I was born physiologically with a penis and I'm a man, but I want to be a woman. And you start to take the steps to go about removing your body parts in order to become something that you are not created to be. You're going to see all kinds of problems. You're going to see mental problems. And, and the empirical evidence is there. I mean, it's, it's sitting in front of us. The people that go through these, these changes to actually physically change their body, they have mental breakdowns, they have problems, they have major issues that take place in their life. And, and they don't, here's the ultimate thing. What they're doing is they're ultimately saying, God, I know that you created me a man, but you made a mistake. And because you made a mistake, I am going to go about to rectify that problem. And ultimately, that is what Satan did in the beginning. Satan said, you are making a mistake. I should be God. You're not, you're not, 
You shouldn't be God. You're not good enough to be God. I should be God. That's what Satan said. Satan said, I will ascend to the Most High. I will be like God. In essence, he was saying, God, you made a mistake. You should have made me the superior God. I should be God. You should not. It is self-worship. You are saying, in essence, God, you made a mistake. You made an absolute mistake in how you made me. And so therefore, you are the ultimate problem, God. And because you're the ultimate problem, I'm going to go rectify that. I'm going to go cut off parts of my body, physically spend cash to go have body parts cut off, and then I'm going to replace them with other parts. I really believe that if we took time to rationally think this thing out, we would come to understand that it's a problem. And here's the thing. The church doesn't want to address it because we're scared. We're so indoctrinated with the with the PC police, the politically correct police, that we might be considered as haters. Oh, you're a hater because you didn't let uh, so-and-so um, express themselves as to who they really are on the inside. Well, man, just because I want to be a superhero doesn't mean I'm a superhero. Like, the church needs to address this, and it needs to be addressed in love. I'm not seeing. I'm not saying to tear down people. I'm saying that we need to lovingly address this. If we bring the scriptures up and we teach from the pulpit that God created you the way He created you for a purpose, He didn't make a mistake. Psalms one thirty nine says that God created you, and you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Think about that idea. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. You, there's some whimsy there. There's some wonder there. There's some amazing things that take place. God made you and he didn't make a mistake. If we taught that from the pulpit, if parents taught that in homes, we wouldn't have this issue. If youth pastors were addressing this in their groups and, and they were talking about this, if pastors stood in the pulpit and said, listen, you were made by God for a purpose and God made you a man for a reason. God made you a woman for a reason. If the church taught this on a regular basis, this issue would disappear. It would be gone. Because people, when you actually sit down and have the conversation with them and you lovingly address this issue, guess what? It, it, it evaporates. You, it evaporates. When they understand genuinely, but we've got parents and we've got pastors and we've got people that are like, well, we don't want to offend anybody, so we're not going to do anything to, to really push this issue, so we're going we're gonna to leave it be. It is causing so many people to stumble, so many people to have issues bigger than you can even begin to understand. So how do we fix it? We lovingly come around people and we expose them to the gospel. We expose them to the idea that Jesus created you. God made you for a purpose and for a reason. According to Romans chapter 1 verse 16, the gospel is the only thing that has power to transform. It is the power to make people come back from the dead. We are spiritually dead. We are spiritually minus God. And the only thing that transforms and changes a man, woman, boy, or girl is the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have to just continually give them this hope that Jesus Christ came. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Guys, this is the only thing that will transform this world. Nothing else will. Nothing else will transform. Nothing else will satisfy but the gospel of Jesus Christ. God is the only one. The living water. John chapter 4 talks about the living water. 
God giving us living water that we'll never be thirsty again. Everything else that we're trying to fill up, everything everything else we're trying to drink with, every other well that we're trying to pull from, it's not going to have lasting satisfaction. Now, there may be moments of temporary satisfaction. In fact, the scripture tells us that, that there's pleasure in sin for a season. But I'm telling you, lasting satisfaction, lasting peace, lasting hope only comes from the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're going to take a really quick break from the program and talk about an event that's coming up August 9th. It's a Friday night in Bartlesville, Oklahoma at the Hilton Garden Inn. We're actually going to have Ryan Dobson, who is with Rebel Parenting, come. He's been on the program before. He's coming and he's going to share and he's going to talk about marriage. He's going to talk about family. He's going to talk about parenting. Um, The event is called the Culture Change Conference. I'm going to be speaking uh, Dave Melhoff with Valid Worldview. He's going to be speaking on apologetics and evangelism. It's going to be an incredible evening and it's absolutely free. It doesn't cost a dime. It's going to be at the Hilton Garden Inn in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, Friday night, August 9th at 7 p.m. The conference will begin at 7 p.m. Guys, make plans to be a part of this event. It is going to be absolutely incredible. You will not want to miss the content and the investment in your marriage, in your kids, in your family. Come be a part of an event that I believe can shift the culture in your home. All right, let's get back to the program. The family dynamic is shifting in America. Did you know that? Step families are actually becoming the majority of what makes up families in America now. I found some incredible statistics from the Step Family Foundation. Their website is called stepfamily.org. Listen to some of these statistics. Over, I'm sorry, 1,300 new step families are formed every single day in America. Just think about that. The traditional family is shifting. Now, here's what I think is the problem. We are cheapening marriage. We're cheapening marriage. We're making marriage just sort of a a, a trivial commodity. It, It can be thrown away. Now, I say this speaking as a man who is a part of a blended family. I'm a divorced man. My first wife left me, and I, I... I am a divorced man, and I live now in a blended family, and I have been married now for a little, almost 13 years, and my scenario is very similar to so many people in the church and in the world in which we live. So, like, listen to some of these, more of these statistics. Over 50% of U.S. families are remarried or recoupled. Uh, The average marriage in America lasts only seven years. Guys, this is something that's got to shift, and I'm going to put the blame mostly on men. Now, there's moments where, there are times where uh, the woman is to blame or the woman is the reason the marriage ends. But I'm going to put the onus on men. Guys, it's time for us to step up to the role and the the mandate to be a man who loves his wife well and loves his children well. And in the scenario of a blended family, let me go a little bit further. Not just your own flesh and blood children, but... But also, you are to love your stepchildren well. Men, women, I'm talking to you. Husbands, wives, I don't don't care who you are. You're called to love your stepchildren the same. Like, that's just, I, I know that we live in a world where the children and stepchildren are treated differently. But man, that should not be the case. Now, I want you to hear this statistic. 66% of those living together or remarried 
will break up when children are involved. So if your step, if you're you marry a woman, she's got a kid. That kid becomes a strain. The marriage just disintegrates. And here's the deal: I get it. Kids are difficult. Kids can be difficult, but they're not a burden. Children are not a burden. Your stepson, your stepdaughter is not a burden. She is a blessing. He is a blessing from the Lord. And you as a parent, as a step-parent, are called to love them. If you married that person that has the child, if you remarried and they have somebody, they have a child, it's it's your responsibility, it's your duty to love that child as if it's your own. And I, I will go down fighting on this one. Because it's not the kid's fault that you guys got a divorce and then you got remarried. It's not the kid's fault. They should not be the cannon fodder that we use to destroy one another. Those children need to be loved as if they're your own. And here's the deal. I can say this as a man who lives in a blended family. I have a stepson, but guess what? I do not view him as my stepson. Period. Period. He is my son. He is my son. I call him my son on a regular basis. I say, man, I am proud. I am so proud. I'm so glad that God decided to give you to me because he's mine. He's my son. And I treat him like he's my son. I don't treat him like some sort of commodity item. He is my son and I love him just like I love my other sons. Period. That's just, and that's how it should be. We should not treat Period. We should not treat stepchildren as if they're second-class citizens because they're not. So how can the church minister to blended families? I think we should offer resources. I think we should offer programs. I think we, And I get it. Programs are not always the answer. But I think we offer classes to, to, to help because there is a I'll, – I'll admit there is an added strain with blended families – but it's not impossible. You can succeed at being a blended family. The church, I believe, can play a pivotal role in the blended family succeeding. I think we need to offer classes. We need to offer accountability. We need to offer mentoring. That is so vital. Titus tells us that older women are to teach younger women. Older men are to teach younger men. Like That would be an incredible opportunity for blend, not just blended families, but families in general. I, I'm just since we're talking about blended families here, this is this is a great resource that we teach men and women how to be godly husbands, godly wives, godly dads, godly mothers. It's it's so vital, and I'm telling you, it is a proven model. Christianity works. Biblical Christianity works, and it has been tested throughout time that we have a model that we can follow of, of how to be godly men and women, how to teach our children, how to, how to train them up. The text says to train them up in the fear and the righteousness of God. Like that is so incredibly vital and important that we as Christians, as a church, minister to this group of people. And I'm telling you, community is where we will find our solace biblical community where we get together and we actually talk about life. We talk about the Bible. We spur, as Hebrews says, spur one another on to good works. That we that we work together as men and women to spur other men and women on to holiness, on to righteousness, on to gospel-centered 
community. That is such a big thing. I think that these are just, this is just something that I have been, it's been on my heart because there's not a lot of talk. I know that there's some resources out there. I know there's some books on blended families, but I think I see it in the church and it's in the world in which we live and it's a growing thing. The blended family is here and we need to, as the church, come alongside the blended family and spur them on and help them to maintain because the statistics are showing that they that so many of those blended families fall apart they fall apart and why do they fall apart because you've got sin that's involved you've got sinful families you've got sinful men sinful women together in houses together with sinful children and yes those things fall apart if they're not properly maintained under the gospel of Jesus Christ it is, it is quite possible for blended families to succeed. Now, is that God's original intent for blended families? No, it's not. I'll be honest to tell you that it's not God's intention. But I can tell you this, that God can and does bless blended families. He really does. And I have made it my mission as a man, as a Christian man, to found my home on the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's how we win. We found our homes on the gospel of Jesus Christ. We, we, we pray with our children. We pray with our wives. That's what we're supposed to do. Ladies, you're to pray with your children. Pray with your husbands. And don't, ladies, don't be the Holy Spirit. You don't need to be the Holy Spirit to try to poke and prod your man into being a spiritual leader. Just pray for him and love him well. That's what you do. Pray with your kids. Make time to pray with your kids. You say, Caleb, I might screw that up. You probably will. You probably will. You're not, you're not perfect. But make an effort to be a godly parent. That's what you're called to do. That's what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to be godly parents. Are we perfect? No. Are we going to fail? Absolutely. But we don't stop trying. We don't, start, we don't stop pursuing Christ because we might mess it up. You're going to mess it up. But that's where grace and mercy come into the equation. That Jesus steps in and actually shows us love when we don't deserve it. That's what's beautiful about the gospel. So here's the deal. You just keep going. You keep pursuing and you, kept, you keep moving forward. Keep pursuing God's word. Keep pursuing Christ. Keep loving him even when you stumble and you fall. Well, I love you guys. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to listen to this program. I pray that these two topics that we've covered today have just really um, encouraged your hearts. Uh, I know that there's a lot going on in the world in which we live, and it's time for Christians, biblical Christians, to stand up for biblical Christianity. Love you all. Go get them this week. This program has been brought to you by DSR, a technology company that has been investing in Bartles of a Families for over 35 years. DSR, we deliver technology.